All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord, thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is January 19th, 2023, in week 207. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out, trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, as you can see from the title, this is our third entry in our series about the different roles in the church. And this week's topic is about Satan. And yes, he is definitely in the church and most of us don't even know it. So we're going to take a deep dive in the Bible and see what his role actually is. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. Good evening, everyone. Let us go into a word of prayer. Uh, you guys will join in with us. Gracious Lord, thank you for how you blessed us. Lord, we thank you for how you kept us and watched over us. Lord, we thank you for how you brought us through the storms, uh, the rain, the sleet, the snow, the tornadoes, uh, the earthquakes, whatever is going on uh, in the place where we all live. Lord, we thank you for how you just blessed us, Lord. Uh, Lord, help us to continue to trust you. Help us to learn to trust you, Lord. Every area of our lives where we may be weak, Lord, strengthen us, Lord, increase us. Lord, just grow our faith. Lord, we're praying that no matter what happens to us in this life, that we will continually remember that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. And so, Lord, just give us that faith. Uh, help, help these things that we're saying, these things that we pray about, Lord, we're asking that it would not just be words, it would not just be um, a routine or a ritual, Lord, that it would be real, that these things would be actually a part of us. And so, Lord, everything that we do, help us to please you, because that we understand that's the most important thing. So, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your fantastic name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, we are rolling along in this series. Uh, do apologize. We, we started a little bit late, but nonetheless, God is still good and we are here. And I'm thankful that God blessed us to have this opportunity. And so, um, as you guys can see, we are continuing our series, as Melvin told you guys, talking about the devil himself, Lucifer, the dragon. Um, causing so many different names. If you read uh, those those titles, those names, you will uh, you, you should at least uh, uh, train yourself now to recognize we're talking about the devil. We're talking about our arch nemesis, uh, the one who wants to see you fail, the one who does not want to see you succeed in anything except failure. Now, he won't see you succeed in failure. And so uh, we're going to discuss him tonight because whether you are privy to it or not, whether you understand or not, oh, he's in the church. Um, and in fact, you know, we talk about God. We talk about the, the wonderful things that God does. Um, if we do not talk about the devil, 
we will be in a world of trouble because he is truly here. He has arrived. Um, and so I, I want to, by the grace of God, uncover some things um, tonight as it pertains to the devil. Now, he does not want you to become aware of him because with that information, you can be made free. And that's what God desires is for us to be set free, to be made free. And so we need to understand who the devil is and how he's attacking us and um, just his role, because he plays a role, a very important role within the church. He plays a very important role within the church. So we're going to look at that tonight by the grace of God. As we continue this uh, series, we're not done with it yet. There's still some other uh, roles and positions within the church that I want to get to. But uh, as I began to think about it, I really wanted to show you this fellow right here, the devil, because every single role we have in the church, the devil is going to affect them with whatever role we play. Now, we so far, we've already talked about the preachers. We've already talked about the congregation. Now, without getting into any specific roles, we've covered um, pretty much the entire church. Now, we, we've been talking about God um, throughout all of this. So we pretty much covered the entire church. Now, we can break it into more specific roles, sure. But this covers the entire church. And so it's very important that we look at the, devil, the very devil himself. And so let's look at these things tonight. Maybe let's go to that verse that I sent you. Um, we were in Revelation chapter 2. Yep, man, verse 13. You know, go back to 12. Let's start at 12. Revelation chapter 2. And verse 12, so we can kick this thing off. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, These things saith he, which hath a sharp sword with two edges. Now, uh, I wanted to start at, hold on a second. I wanted to start at verse 12 to let you guys see that we're dealing with the church. Now, I won't be able to go into every single thing because it takes me all night to get into all these things. And we only have about an hour, a little bit less than that now. So, notice the red writing here. We find Jesus speaking. Now, we're in the book of Revelation. He's no longer on earth. But now I won't get into all of that. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, right. He's writing to the church. That's the point I want you to recognize. Read that next part for us, man. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's you know, seat is. People say it all the time. People say it all the time. God knows my heart. <laughs> Jesus said, I know, I know your works. I know exactly what you're doing. I know exactly what you're thinking. When nobody's around, I see the things that you're doing. I see what you're thinking about. I see your desires. He said he knows. 
And on top of that, he said, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. You know, Satan has a seat in the church. He has a seat. You know, you only get a seat when you're uh, <laughs> when you have your own seat. You know you're an important figure when you have your own. You know, if you go to a place, um, they have certain seats reserved. You go to a restaurant, certain times they have certain seats reserved for certain people. Someone who may have paid for it. Chances are they did pay for it. He has a seat when you go to a certain job. Important people have a certain spot that they park in. And if you park in their spot, you're in trouble. It's reserved for them. There's a reservation. Uh, even, even just us as people, sometimes or another, we might have called to a restaurant and made a reservation so we would have a seat. Now, it tells us, write this to the church and tell this church that I know, I look, I know what you guys are doing. And what I also know is, I know where Satan's seat is. He has his own spot. We have to understand this tonight. The devil, he's in the church too. Don't be so easily fooled because, because someone prays. Because someone opened their mouth and confessed that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. There's a lot of things that goes on that we are deceived by. And we don't know that the devil has a seat. But now, I want to get into that seat tonight. Because I want you to know exactly what he's doing. Because every time you went to church, you never seen the devil. You never looked over to your left. You said, oh, there's the devil right <laughs> Because we think about him the way that uh, movies portray him. It's red. <laughs> he's, a, he's red. He's got a tail. He's got a pitchfork. That's how we think of the devil. But he's not like that. He's not. God is a spirit. That's what the scripture tells us. I, I will not be able to get all these verses tonight. God is a spirit. And you know what? The devil is a spirit also. He's invisible. There is a reason. The air you breathe, you've never seen it a day in your life. It's invisible. It's all around you. But I know I won't have anybody argue with that. <laughs> it's all around you. I've had people, well, I'll leave that alone. It's all around you and it's invisible. God did that for a purpose. Because he's always around you and he's invisible. But you know, there's someone else that we're dealing with tonight and you cannot physically see him. You cannot physically see him because he's a spirit and he has a permanent spot in the church. Now, he's going to be kicked out. But right now is his time. It is his time. He's got a seat. Read that again for us, Melvin, so somebody can see that. Start us over in verse 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, These mm -hmm. things saith he 
which have the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Mm -hmm. And thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where, sweet, where Satan dwelleth. Now he told us twice that Satan's dwelling there. He lives there. He has a permanent seat there for now, for the time being. But he has a permanent seat. I want you to recognize who's sitting right next to you. I, I know that we're proud of ourselves when we go to church. We're proud of ourselves when we attend Bible study. But we don't know who came with us. We don't know he's there. We're thinking, oh, I heard the preacher and he had to be sent from God. <laughs> as soon as we hear someone declare Jesus Christ, we automatically think they have to be of God. But I'm here to tell you, Satan has a seat. And I want to show you where he's sitting. Number one, he's in your mind. He is attacking our minds. This is where his seat is. He's in the church. And he's going to attack your mind. I know you're smart. I know you're educated. I know you're intelligent. Words can't even describe uh, just how much you know. Because we know everything, man. We know it all. But there's someone out there who knows more than you. His name's Satan. They call him Lucifer, the dragon. They call him all types of names. I believe it's in the same chapter. Um, might be around verse 7 or 8. Or no, no, I'll take that back. That's in chapter 12, actually. Run over to chapter 12. Chapter, Revelation chapter 12. And let me see what verse I want to get here. We'll start at verse 7. Revelation 12. Now, I'm, I'm going to take just a little bit. I hope I can get through this pretty quick so I can show you some other stuff. But Lord knows it's going to be a struggle. I want to show you this because I know many people that are probably hear this were not in the Bible study. Uh, Monday night. But I want you to understand how he got here. And then I want you to understand where he is now that he's here. We've established he's in the church. He's got his permanent seat. But you need to know more than that so you understand how to protect yourself from the devil. So now let's start in verse 7. So we can see really quickly how we got here. Mm -hmm. Really quickly, uh, we have a few people saying it is freezing, and I am aware that it is freezing. Um, I think that my internet is acting up right now, so we do apologize for the inconvenience. Um, but we also know that the podcast audio version that we upload, is it never freezes in there because it's being recorded separately. Um, so we do ask that you keep on on um, watching. So hopefully the freezing will stop. But if not, then 
the podcast the podcast audio should be working just fine. Yeah, it might be freezing pretty good because um, it, you're like I even seen you freezing on my screen. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Right. So um, it's definitely an internet related issue. Um, so again, we do apologize. Um, Janet says it's working now. I know David has said that it's frozen, and uh, then he said we're good yeah. now. Then he says yeah. he can't hear at some point. So, yep. Yeah, I see you frozen again. Um, do you think it would help if we restarted really quickly? It could, but um, my internet has been acting like this all day, so it probably won't. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Well, we're we're gonna have to go on, um, go on with it, man. Lord willing, it'll clear up because we do know he's able. So he is. Uh, as soon as we go to talk about the devil, <laughs> uh, <laughs> some things start to act up. But God is 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 more than capable, so we're going to believe in Him for that. Uh, so yeah. let, again, let's pick it pick it up in Revelation twelve and verse seven. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought against his angels. And prevailed not. Mm-hmm. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Now, what we're dealing with, because I, I, I will not have time to deal with everything I would like to tonight. But what we find is that the devil, he's doing what he does best. He's calling a war. Now, it refers to him as a dragon. You know, what you see in movies, this red dragon with a pitchfork, with a tail. Now, he describes him as this, but now he really doesn't look this way because he's a spirit. He is a spirit. He's invisible. The same way the wind around you is invisible. But every now and again, you see the wind pick up a cloud. And we call it a tornado. This is what the devil does. He picks up a body that he can use. He's going to get inside of someone. This is where his seat is. There are people, glory be to God, there are people that are allowing the devil to use them. This is where his seat is. So we're going to get to that now. I'm getting ahead of myself. But first, I want to start with, again, how he got here. Now, he was in heaven. I need you to know this. He was in heaven. But he couldn't stay there because he was causing problems there. I won't go and get it in the book of Isaiah, believe, chapter 14. He began to talk about how he was going to exalt his throne, himself above God. He wants to take over everything God has. And you know what you say? Who you declare yourself to be, you say you're a child of God. So you know what? The devil wants to make you his child. (laughs) He wants to take over you. And the only way he can do that is he has to take control of your mind. So he was in heaven and he got kicked out of heaven. He took one third of the angels. I won't go and get it. It's in the same chapter, I believe. But he was around verse, um, uh, I believe around verse three, verse four, actually. He took a third part 
or the angels from heaven. He's deceptive now. If you think you're so smart and, and you know science and you know philosophy, and you know algebra and chemistry and all these things, you, look, the devil has already fooled you. He's already won. He has been here since before the earth. He was here before. He was way back here in heaven. He was back here in heaven. And he went to battle. And it really wasn't a battle, but he went to war and he's kicked out of heaven. So now pick us up, Melvin. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was kicked out and he's cast into the earth. This is how he got here. This is how he ended up here. He ended up in the Garden of Eden. And you know what? Let's run over to, to uh, Genesis chapter 3, Mill. Genesis chapter 3. And we'll pick it up at verse 1. Because I'm trying to tell you tonight where his seed is. See, he's going to come and work inside of people. And I'm not talking about one, one group. I'm not talking about Mexicans. I'm not talking about Asians. I'm not talking about Blacks. I'm not talking about Whites. I'm not talking about Europeans, this group, that group, the British. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm not talking about, oh, he's in women. Oh, he's in men. Oh, no. He's in all. He's in every last group. You cannot get rid of a certain group and think you've gotten rid of the devil. See, people have got it confused. People think the devil is a person. No, he's a spirit. He is a spirit. And he's going to come, and the first thing he wants to do is work on your mind. He wants to control your mind. People think today that the devil is concerned about turning the lights on and off. Opening doors. He's hiding in a closet. I mean, he, he's, sitting, he's been waiting all day for you to get home, and he's sitting in the closet. That's what people think, Melvin. He's underneath the bed. He, he's trying to scare your kids. He's under the bed. He's the boogeyman. Look, this is what people think. <laughs> but the devil, he's not thinking about that mess at all. He is not concerned with any of that stuff at all. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to take over your mind. So, yeah, he will use fear against you. He's trying to take over your mind. But the reason he wants that, the reason he wants your mind, is because he wants to persuade you to do exactly what God told you not to do. That's what he wants to do. So this is where he's coming to work on your mind. Pick us up in verse 1, Devin, if you will. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now we're talking about the same devil. He was more subtle. He is more subtle. Because he still is now. I know the word was is in there. And we think it's past him. Look, he still is more tricky, more deceptive. More cunning. If you don't get a hold to God, he still is. 
and he will deceive you with Jezreel and the book of Revelation. He deceived not half the world, he deceived the whole world. And he deceived a third part of the angels, one third of the angels. He was in heaven. He got kicked out of heaven. Now he's come down here to the earth and he's trying to stop you from making it. He's in the church. I'm telling you, he's in the church. We're in a war. I look, I know Ukraine is in a war right now for their lives, but you're in a war for your life right now. You along with Ukrainians, with, with Russians, we're all in the same war because Ukraine can win the battle or Russia can win the battle, but it won't mean anything if they're not saved. This war is more important. I'm not trying to talk lightly of what's going on over there. It's a terrible situation. But this war that you're in right now with the devil is more important. Is is more important than any other war going on or ever will go on. Even if the United States and I live here, if we get into a battle that is not more important than this war right here, he's more subtle. He's trying to trick someone. When you're deceived, you will not know. Pick us up that verse. Uh, uh, keep reading that verse in there. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said he shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, the commandments of God have been given. And you know what the devil he's concerned with? But well, he's not concerned with scaring Adam and Eve. <laughs> Because that's what we think he's all about. He's the boogeyman coming to get us. He's not concerned with scaring them. Playing a practical joke on them. He, he does not care about that at all. He's not out here trying to be funny. Oh, no. He first began to talk to them about the word of God. He said, look, I'm going to read it again. And he said, now this is the devil. He's talking to them. In their minds, this is where he's going to come. And he said unto the woman, oh, tell me what God said to you. What did God say exactly? Let me see, do you know, we're, we're, we're have a pro- we have a problem right now in our world because we don't know any scriptures. We don't know what God said and what he didn't say. We have no idea. And you know, that makes you so vulnerable to the devil. This is the first thing we find him come and say. He said, what did the word of God tell you? What did God say exactly? Tell it to me. Let me see if you really know it. And he said unto the woman, yea, have God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the God? Didn't he say to eat all of it? You can have whatever you want. Isn't that what God said? He's coming to deceive someone. He comes for three things, to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the word tells us. He has a seat right next to you. And in fact, but he's coming to be inside of you. He's coming to fight your mind on the things that God says. That's what he's coming to do. That's what he's coming for. He's right there in the church. You know why? Because you're in the church. Once you come in, well, that gives him an avenue to come in because he's going to get inside of someone. So he begins to talk to Eve. Pick us up in verse 2, man. 
And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, mm-hmm. but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now he wants, he wants to know just how much do you know God? How much do you really know him? I know you've been, and I'm speaking, I'm speaking uh, on this as it pertains to us. I know you've been going to church. Somebody said, well, I've been going to church for a year. I've been going for six months. I've been going for two years. I went five, 10, 20, 30. I've been in church 50. I know you did all of that, but the devil's going to come and test you and say, what exactly did God say, though? What did he say you can and cannot do? He's coming to test you, but my pastor calls him God's production checker. Whatever whatever God creates, whatever he works in you, the devil's coming to test it out. You know, when they develop a new car, they put it through all these tests. But God has did some working on you. I know he has, because that's the reason some uh, you guys are in this Bible study. But the devil's coming to check you out. He's coming to put you to the test to see if you really have been listening. Have you really paid attention? That's what he's coming for. Are you really willing to do these things? He's got a permanent seat. He has this seat. We found it in the book of Revelation chapter 2. Jesus himself talking. He said, look, I know I know where Satan's seat is. And I'm trying to tell you tonight, he's in somebody's mind. He's permanently there in someone's mind. You got to know how he's coming. So he began to talk to Eve about the word of God. Let's see what the devil responded to her. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Mm-hmm. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Mm-hmm. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. You know, hold it right there, man. You know, the devil begins to deal with our minds. We will hear the word of God. And we don't quite agree with everything. So we begin to question it. We begin to wonder, is God really against this? Is he really for that? Does this really even matter? And so you know what happens. Because we really don't know the word of God like we need to. We really don't understand God like we need to. You know what? We begin to look at how things physically look. After he told her, he said, no, you're not going to die. You know, the first thing people say, man, (laughs) when you start talking to people about the word of God and what God tells us to do, the first thing we say is, well, is that, you mean to tell me God's really going to send someone to hell over that? You mean you're really going to die and go to hell over that? This is what happened here. He said, you're not going to die. There's, no, there's not going to be any punishment for disobeying God. But he made it seem as if she wasn't even disobeying. This is what the devil does. He's coming 
to work on your mind. He's going to make you think that you're not even being disobedient. This is where deception is. He deceived a third, one third of the angels in heaven. Look, we're no match for him. The angels are more powerful than us. And if he tricked them, I know he can get us. I don't care how much math we know. I don't care how many words you know. This is who we're up against. He's coming to work on your mind. He's going to get you to question everything God does. Everything God says. And so now that he's got her to think about it, now she's going to look at the tree that God told them not to eat. She's going to now see what it looks like. See, there's a lot of sins that go on in the world that people, we don't understand them, so we begin to just look at them. We say, well, that's not hurting anybody. How is that bothering someone else? Uh, I say it all the time. People say, oh, well, there's nothing wrong with a little white lie. And see, that one doesn't even hurt anyone else. See, that's what it looks like. That's what it appears like. Look at what it said again, Melvin. Uh, where it says she began to look. Uh, I lost that verse that quick. Verse five. No, six. Look at verse six. Start over in verse six for us, Melvin. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, mm-hmm. and that it was and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, Mm -hmm. she took of the fruit thereof and did eat Mm -hmm. and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. She took it. She went on and listened to the serpent, to the devil, to the dragon, to Satan, to Lucifer, all these names. She listened to him after he began to make her reconsider things. After he said, well, just look at it. Doesn't it look good? Doesn't it look good to you? You know, you have guys running around today. Because a woman looks good, she's pleasant to the eye. They say, man, you think God didn't create me to have all these beautiful women? The devil has tricked you into thinking you can do whatever you want. He's tricked you into thinking. He's tricked you. And you're going to die because the word of God says you will. But the devil has his seat in the church. Now you have people preaching these wrong things in the church. Preaching that it's okay to do wrong. Telling the people, well, there's nothing wrong with lying. It's okay to steal. It's it's all right to live in fornication. It's okay to be gay. God wants you to be however you want to be. Telling the people it's okay to do all of these things that God says it's not okay to do. Because the devil has a seat. Everywhere the people of God go, the devil is coming. Roll to the book of Job, man. To the book of Job, chapter 1. I want to show you where he is tonight. Job chapter 1. 
Pick us up in verse six. We won't stay here long, but I'm trying to show you everywhere God's people go, the devil is coming too. You cannot get away from him. He has a permanent seat in the church until his time is up and God gets rid of all the evil and wickedness in the world. Pick us up in verse six for us, man. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now look at what's happening. God's children coming to present themselves to God. To God. Read it for us, man. And Satan came also among them. <laughs> My God. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. I don't care where you go. Look, you can go to Africa. You can go to Japan. Look, you can get on whatever plane you want to get on, whatever ship, whatever cruise. I don't care what color people you're going with. I don't care what age people you're going with. I don't care if it's a baby. It doesn't matter if it's a baby, if it's an elderly person, but he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He started way back in heaven. He moved from there. God kicked him out. He got cast into the earth. Now he went to work on humans. He worked on the angels. Now he moved on to the human. He does not give up. He doesn't get tired of doing this. He loves it. You see, uh, I've seen, um, I think this guy, I think I, I believe it was in Idaho, uh, man killed, I can't remember how many students it was, but he killed several students uh, in a home. And he began to talk about how he feels no remorse for things. You know why? Because the devil has used this man. He's got control of this man's mind. When you see any evil going on in the world, look, it's because of the devil. That spirit has taken over someone's mind. He's persuaded them. Look, you should do this. You should kill someone. You should hurt someone. Look, you should even hurt yourself. You know, the devil wants to take over your mind, cause you not only to hurt someone else, he wants you to hurt yourself. This is where suicide comes from. Look, I, I, let, let's run there because my time is short anyways. Right over to the book of, uh, let's get Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four and verse one. Now, I've shown you in the Old Testament how the devil, he was coming after God's people. In fact, we didn't read it, but the Lord asked him, look, where are you going, say? Where? Look, go back, go back and get that now. I better get that because somebody needs to see this. Back where we were, Job chapter uh, one, might be verse seven. Yeah, pick us up in verse seven. Because he came with God's people. And so God had to ask him a question. Now, he asked this question for you and I, because God already knows what Satan's doing, because God's been dealing with him <laughs> since the beginning. Pick us up in verse 7, Mel. And the Lord said unto Satan, mm-hmm. whence, whence comest thou? Well, look, where are you going? Where are you going? Uh-huh. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth 
and from walking up and down in it. He said, I'm going all over the world. <laughs> you know, some people tell me more, they say, oh, I like to travel. <laughs> you know who else like to travel? <laughs> Satan. He liked to travel. He said, and, and look, we have a problem walking there. People get tired of walking. People, <laughs> people say, oh, man, you know, people, uh, we park at the closest. At the closest parking spot, when somebody go to a store, they want to get the closest spot because we don't want to walk. But the devil now, he said, look, I've been walking up and down in it. Look, I'm going all over the world. I'm seeing all kinds of stuff. He's going around seeking who he can devour. He don't mind walking for this. He don't mind traveling. But he'll take the long road. He, he doesn't care. He'll take the dirt road. He'll take the back road. The devil just wants to deceive you. He won't come work on your mind. He's coming to work on your mind. No matter where you go, he's coming after you. He's right there in the church. You can go to church Sunday morning. He's there with you. He got a suit on too. He got a, <laughs> he dressed up too. <laughs> he's sitting right in there. Go to go to uh, Luke chapter four and verse one, then, because I want you guys to know what we're dealing with. He was kicked out of heaven. He's now right here with us. He's coming to work on your mind. He's going to get inside of someone. Every time you see evil go on, it's because the devil is influencing people. You know, people say, "Oh, you know," people wonder, "What does it look like to be possessed?" You know, the devil has possessed you before. We might as well be honest. He's possessed us all before. Once he influences you to do what God said not to do, is not God influencing you anymore? You're not possessed by God, but you were possessed by the devil. You were possessed by him. So now the goal is to not allow him to continue using us. But I want to go now and show you what he tried with Jesus. Jesus being God Almighty himself. And if he did this to Jesus, I know he's doing it to us. So Luke chapter 4. Start us in verse 1 there. You know what? Yeah, we can start in 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan mm -hmm. and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, mm -hmm. being 40 days tempted of the devil. Now look at who's out there working on him. The devil. He has a seat. He has a seat. He's right there. He has a reservation. And no one else can take his seat. When you make a reservation, look, nobody can take that seat. That's yours. He has his seat. So he's tempting Jesus now. Read for us, man. And in those days, he did eat nothing. Mm -hmm. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. He was hungry. He had been fasting 40 days, 40 nights. You know, 
when we get hungry, we physically become weak. Physically. And the devil thrives off of it. I, I, I see, I notice here how he comes to tempt him after he's done this 40 day fast, 40 night and 40 day fast. When he's extremely hungry, he said, well, this is my opportunity. <laughs> I'm trying to show you tonight, you are no match for the devil. He's coming when you're at your weakest. There are people, I was having a conversation with someone um, recently. There are people struggling, going through trials, going through tribulation. They might be homeless. They might have people uh, talking about them, humiliating them. The devil is going to come and talk to them in these weak moments. You know, he's going to come and tell you, if you're worthless. You, you're nothing. Nobody cares about you. You should just end it now. See, he's coming at these moments of your life where it seems like all hell is breaking loose. It seems like, man, this has to be hell that I'm living right now because things are so bad. This is when he's coming. He has a seat and he's coming to work on your mind. He's coming to work on your mind. You'll see it here. Now, Jesus has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. The devil then comes to him. He came to him. Read what he said in verse 3, man. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. You know, it would not be a sin. See, we, it is not a sin of itself. For Jesus to make some stones turn into bread. That's not a sin of itself. But it is a it is sin. It is God bowing himself. Jesus bowing himself to the devil if he became obedient to him. See, the devil just wants you to disobey God. That's all he wants you to do. He, he, I told you he does not care about this stuff that we see in the movie. He's not flying around. <laughs> In the sheep. <laughs> he's not running around in the sheep. <laughs> oh boy. He's, he's not the Loch Ness monster. He's not all these things that we think. He wants you to disobey God. So he tells Jesus, just turn these stones into bread. If you who you say you are now, he wants Jesus to prove something to him. How many times do people try to make you prove something to them? When they really want you to do it, Melvin, and you don't give in, they say, oh, he probably couldn't do it. No way. <laughs> he wasn't able to do it anyway. You know, they did that to Jesus when he was on the cross. Said, look, he saved everybody else, but he can't even save himself. What a shame. If he could, just get on down. Even a thief to his left. He said, man, look, <laughs> If you really who they say you are, look, get us all down. Don't just save yourself, but save me too. Really show yourself, really flex on them. You know, people love to say that today. Really flex on them. Show them your God. See, this was the devil, though. We've got to understand where he is. He will use not only your mind, but he'll get in people around you. I didn't go and read it, but even in the book of Job, after so much 
so much turmoil happened in his life. His children were killed. He lost uh, land, uh, houses. They, they lost so many things in one day. Next day, the devil came back again and pleaded with God to allow sickness to afflict Job's body. And you know what? God allowed it. He allowed it. And after this happened, after the sores popped up all over Job's body, his own wife, hallelujah, his own wife, being filled with the devil, told him to curse God and die. She said, well, just curse God. Go ahead and die. Because all of these bad things have happened to you. Just curse God now. See, the devil will take over even if you keep him out of your mind. He'll touch the people around you, people in your own house. It can be your mother. It can be your father, your sister, your brother, your children. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't, I, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, it doesn't matter if they're white. It doesn't matter if they're black. See, people, people talk about racism often. See, racism is because of the devil. You know, the Lord Jesus help us. I had somebody tell me, man, <laughs> racism started, I forgot what century, like the 14th century or one of these centuries. They said, oh, good God. Lord, the devil is, he has truly deceived these people. If you think racism just started, this started with the devil himself. He wants you to hate someone because of their skin color. He wants you to hate someone because of the texture of their hair or the color of their eyes or, or the shape of their body. Well, they're, they're, too, they're too skinny or they're too fat or they got whatever problem that you don't like. Well, I don't like how their teeth are, are made. It's something about them you don't like. So the devil wants you to hate that person. It's him, though. I'm telling you it's him because the Bible tells us God is love. And God loves us regardless of what shape, what color, how tall. Whatever issue we have, he still loves you. But the devil says, you, I, you know, I just don't like that about them. I want you to hate them. He comes to work on your mind. And if he can't work on you, he'll work on the person close to you. Because if he can get someone close to you, he figures he can get you. And nine times out of ten, he does. That's what happened to Eve. I mean, excuse me, that's what happened to Adam. The devil went to work on Eve first. And after he persuaded Eve, she took it to her husband. We read that earlier. I just didn't bring it out. She then gave it to Adam and then he ate. And he knew he was wrong. The devil will have you doing stuff you know is wrong. You know before you even do it. Even while you're about to do it, in your mind, you're thinking, man, I know I should do this. But because of the power of the devil to influence you, because you desire it, because you want it, because it looks good to you, because it feels good to you, because you say, well, this helps me to de-stress. <laughs> because you use whatever excuse that the devil persuaded you to believe in. 
we'll disobey God. Read for us, man. My time is almost up here, but I really want to finish in this chapter here. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, what we find is Jesus, he uses the word of God as his defense. You know, at these games, <laughs> I remember being at uh, uh, seeing, being at high school games and, <laughs> and they're on the sideline yelling, defense, <laughs> defense. <laughs> you know, that's what the word of God is. We, we think defense is, is stopping somebody from shooting a, a three-point jumper. We think defense is stopping them from getting a dunk, stopping them from scoring a touchdown. Look, the real defense is the word of God. This is what the real defense is. We've gotten confused, though. The only defense that we know is I'm going to block their shot. I'm going to steal the ball. I'm going to get an interception. (laughs) That's the only defense we know. See, the devil has won if that's all you know. He's won. He's coming to attack you with the word of God to persuade your mind. So he tried that with Jesus. And it didn't work. Jesus said, man shall not live by physical bread alone. We got to live by every word that God tells us. That's what we need to live by. Pick us up in that next part, man. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain. Now look at where they went. Mm -hmm. Showed unto him, excuse me, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Mm -hmm. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever will I give it. He showed him something. He showed him something. Now, I'm I'm out of time, but there are three things that the the Lord hates. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He hates those three things. And that's all the devil can come and fight you with. Those three things. That's what he did with Jesus. Jesus. The lust of the flesh. He said, look, I know you're hungry. Turn this bread. Turn these stones into bread. I'm going to use your lust because you desire something. When you're hungry, you're lusting after food. You desire some food. We desire a lot of things in life. We desire so many things. But the devil's going to use that against you. We've got to know where his seed is, now he comes to him, takes him up to a high mountain, and he shows him something. Lust of the eye. He said, let me show you something. That's what he did to Eve. She began to look, and it was pleasant to her eye. He showed you something that looked good, and you just have to have it. He said, I'll give it to you. I'll give all of this to you. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. Mm-hmm. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, 
where it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Get me behind me, Satan. We have to know how to fight the devil off. Fight him from taking over our minds. Because he's already taken over some people, some other people's minds. But when you see someone who's racist, the devil has taken over their mind. But you better not let him take over yours to hate them back. If you do that, the devil has won. Look, I know people are murdering. I know people are stealing. I know people are lying. They're cursing you out. They're doing all these things. But the moment you give in and you render evil for evil, you give it right back to them. The devil has won. He has deceived you into thinking that was the best decision for you to make. You, you felt what well, I had no other option. That's how we feel. But that's because we don't know the word of God. You always have a different option. You just don't know your options. You just don't know them. So he has attacked Jesus now. He's attacking lust of the flesh, lust of the eye. Pick us up in the last part here, Mel. And he brought him to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. Went said, to the top. He went to the top of the temple. He's at the top now. This great temple that they built. I forgot how many years. I believe it was about 42 years that it took them to build this thing. And now the devil has Jesus up here at the top. I've seen people contemplating suicide and they get up top they don't commit suicide from the ground you go up top read for his middle and said unto him if thou be the son of God cast thyself down from hence for it is written he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee Mm -hmm. and in their hands they shall bear thee up Lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. You know what he he used? Pride. The pride of life. He used pride against. He said, look, now that you're up here at the top, just jump down. You will not even get hurt. You know, the devil has people today. And it's sad. People have been talked about. People have been laughed at and mocked, humiliated. And life has become so hard. People become homeless. People have uh, certain people around them that don't love them. You have children in schools being picked on and desiring to commit suicide. Why? Because the devil has persuaded someone. He said, look, if you just go ahead and die, because nobody loves you anyway. It'll be better for you over there. It'll be better for everybody. I've seen a man, um, a girl, she she persuaded. See, the devil will use people around you. He's got a seat all around you. This girl persuaded her boyfriend to commit suicide and told him it'd be better for everybody persuaded this man to commit suicide 
The devil will have you think, but it's going to be better for you. If you just do this, you won't even feel it. It'll be quick and painless. And once you get over there, you won't have no worries anymore. This is what the devil tried to do to Jesus. He wanted him to commit suicide. He said, just jump down. You won't even die. You won't even hit a stone because the angel's going to catch you. You know, he's still using that against people. You just die. Look, you'll go right in the hands of the angels. They're going to carry you right on into heaven. Paradise is waiting on you. The devil is trying to take over your mind. And if you do not know the word of God, you will fall victim. It is so important for you to learn the word of God. I heard some people talk recently and, and people were talking about, oh, you know, what's, what's your favorite movie? And, you know, uh, what, how does it rank on your top list, your top five or whatever? And my question is, what's your favorite scriptures in the Bible? What, what's, what's your favorite book in the scripture? What's your favorite book in the Bible? I want to know. I want to, to, to challenge you to think about the word of God. Because we know every line from these movies, our favorite lines, we can quote to you. <laughs> After we go and see the movie, man, we come back and we quote the lines to each other. We say, yeah, that was my favorite part of that movie right there. I love that part. But when it comes to the word of God, tell me what was your favorite part about the Bible study tonight? Tell me what verse you said. Wow, I really like that verse there. I want to go back and look at that. Tell me, do you think about this in the same way? Or do you just read it and say, well, I didn't understand any of it. So at least I was there. You know, that's what the devil wants. But the Lord said, if you seek, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, look, you'll be filled. He will open your understanding to it, even if you don't understand it. But he wants you to put some time in. He wants you to study it the way we study these other things that we love. So in my closing remarks, I want you to remember that the devil has a seat and he's coming to take over your mind. And even if he does not get yours, and I pray he doesn't, just look around you and see how he's taking over people's minds. You have people that want to be homeless. You have people that, um, now that's because they're not in the right mind now, but you have people that want to be strung out on different drugs, different addictions, because the devil has taken over their mind, thinking, causing them to think, I have to have this. I can't make it without. This is the only way I know how to live. There is nothing better than this. This is what the devil is doing. So God bless you guys. And remember, the Satan, remember that Satan has a seat. He's sitting right next to you to your right, to your left. And you know what? He's working on sitting inside of you. That's where he really wants to be. So God bless you guys, and I'll turn it back over to the hands of them at this time.
Thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Minister. Um, we have a few comments. I'm just reading off some of them. Um, Casey says, praise the Lord, brothers and everyone out there. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed and prosperous evening. God bless. Uh, David also says, praise the Lord, everyone. Hope you're having a blessed day in the Lord. So praise the Lord to you, too. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, let's see. Bridget says, a war for souls. And this is definitely what it is. Um, she also says he is a deceiver. Um, David says he can only deceive us if we let him. Yes, um, the power that we give him is the only power that he has over us. Um, Jeremy quoted Job chapter two and verse two. And the Lord said unto Satan, from whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And David says, that's why the scriptures say not to give place to the devil. Um, Bridget says, resist him and he will flee. Uh, she also says the devil lies to people to get them to commit suicide. Um, Tony hit on that. And David says we have the power through the Holy Ghost to overcome the power of the devil and sin, victory over death, hell, and the grave through Jesus, Jesus Christ, my Savior. He also quotes Revelation 12 and 11, says uh, we are overcomers by the blood of Jesus and the words of our testimony. That's how we overcome the devil. Um, and Bridget says, get thee behind me, Satan. And it's um, kind of funny. He called Peter that as well, shortly after he gave Peter the, the keys to the kingdom, because the devil was operating in Peter uh, when he said that the son of man shall be taken and killed and then rise again the third day, the third day. And Peter, you know, he was loving Jesus. He didn't want that to happen. So he said, it, this will not happen. And then Jesus said, get thee behind me. So we have to resist the devil. Um, and David also says, John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, um, I think that says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And that is definitely true. Um, so if you have any more comments, definitely leave them down below. We love the interaction, the questions, and the comments. And also thank you for saying the stream was frozen. I think it's been working well ever since I mentioned that. So thank you guys for letting us know that. And um, Tony said something earlier um, about the air, how it's all around us and we can't see it. Uh, we can see the effect of the air, but we cannot see the air itself and how it is the same way with God. And it's designed like that on purpose. You know, there was a bad storm system last week. Um, through Selma, Alabama. And I'm pretty sure that it hit other places as well, but it hit the worst in that city of Alabama. There were a lot of tornadoes, a lot of deaths in it. And, you know, I think about what causes tornadoes. It's instability in the air when hot and cold air mix together. And I'm reminded of a verse in Revelation where Jesus said, I wish you were hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. And we can see the he uses natural things to explain the spiritual. It's not a coincidence that hot and cold air, when it mix together, it's unstable. So it causes disaster. It causes death because of the devil. Another scripture says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. There is that instability again, and it causes destruction. It causes death. There is no coincidence so um that's all i have to add i see that we don't have any more comments so 
Now, thank you guys so much for tuning in, whether you're watching through the Facebook or YouTube or listen to the podcast. We definitely appreciate you guys. And for everyone that commented, we have Casey, David, Bridget, Janet, and Jeremy. So again, we thank you for tuning in. And as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We would love to see you guys there. It's always a good message. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Counted all joy, counted all joy. And again, counted all joy. There is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. If the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of God. You guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. And until the next time, we'll see you then. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Thank you.